was a plane. Who is Ian Gomez? Well, Ian Gomez plays inmate Munson in the prison. Munson? I'm a fan of his from the TBS sitcom Cougar Town that I started watching this year. Shut the fuck up. You watched that this year? I'm on like when is that from again? 10. Uh, a while ago, like. I feel like it's like 2010 to 2015 or something, but it's scratching that itch of a classic, just goofy sitcom, and it's not going to bum you out. I watch so many shows that bum me out. Or Where does me this one fall? Anxiety Dreams. This one, it's just Bill Lawrence of Scrubs fame. Oh, I meant Lost. Oh. Like, does it stress you out? Does it make you happy? I don't think I've ever had a stress dream about Lost. Okay. And it makes me happy. I get excited to watch it. Okay. What do you want? Congratulations. So it brings you more joy and it's a good thing that I introduced it to you. And actually you like... You wanted to thank me? You wanted to... You had like a speech prepared? Your face. <laughs> it's unsettling. <laughs> I received something from... My gal, Andrea Voitko, who introduced us to 129 Ways to Get a Husband. Right. She sent me an image of, I guess, a pamphlet from 1918. And it's advice on marriage to young ladies from a suffragette wife. Whoa. A different vibe (laughs) from what we've been talking about. The first piece of advice is do not marry at all. Whoa, okay. This is a hard left turn for our podcast. (laughs) But if you must, avoid the beauty men. That's my type, first of all. Flirts. Do do they explain what that means? No. There's a lot on this that I would like an explanation for. (laughs) Avoid the beauty men, flirts, and the bounders. Tailors, (laughs) dummies, and the football enthusiasts. (laughs) This sounds like a Salinger poem. Look for a strong, tame man, a firelighter, coal getter, window cleaner, and yard swiller. Friend. <laughs> it's gotta He's be rowdy time. Stick. Don't accept too much. Most men are lazy, selfish, thoughtless, lying, drunken, clumsy, <laughs> heavy footed, rough, unmanly brutes, and need taming. Ew. All bachelors are, and many are worse still. If you want him to be happy, this is underlined, feed the brute. (laughs) What? Where did this come from again? It says a suffragette wife, and it's from 1918, so it's some sort of publication. Um, (laughs) If you want him to be happy, feed the brute. The same remark applies to dogs. Jesus Christ. Lastly, you will be wiser not to chance it. It isn't worth the risk. So that's the one we started with. Number so one. So just don't. Firstly, don't marry. And lastly, don't even try it. Don't get married. It's not worth it. 
Thanks, Andrea. Yeah, wow. Another great find. <laughs> Do we need to address that we haven't made... No. Well, we haven't recorded since February, but we have put a couple episodes out. Oh. So, it's probably more weird for us than it is for them. <sighs> them. <laughs> The community. They're more scared of us than we are of them. Okay. This episode, Every Man for Himself, directed by Stephen Williams, written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. I realized that I should be saying the writers. Mm, Um, Premiered on October 25th, 2006. Uh, On Monday, October 23rd, Big day for music history. We got not only the release of My Chemical Romance's The Black Parade, but oh, also yeah. Beyonce releases Irreplaceable. <gasps> Big one for me. On Friday, October 27th, the Cardinals win the World Series again. Didn't we already talk about the Cardinals winning the World Series? That sounds familiar. I guess it happens a lot. <laughs> it's almost as if that the World Series happens annually. <laughs> The movie. Um, I almost, I almost gave it away <laughs> in the first word. Blank abducts a doctor in order to keep himself alive while he watches his new apprentice put an unlucky citizen named Jeff <laughs> through a brutal test. How's that for a logline? Is it one of the Saw movies? It is. Okay. Can you guess which number? Oh, eight. (laughs) (laughs) It's three. There's only six. I looked it up. Uh, Directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman. Also directed two other Saw movies starring Tobin Bell, Shawnee Smith, and Angus McFadden. They had some insane taglines, but some of my favorite were pain. It's part of the puzzle. Blood. It's the price of freedom. Death. It's not that easy. (laughs) I don't get it. Another one. If it's Halloween, it must be Saw with um, at least six ellipses. <laughs> and then my favorite, Legends Never Die. They didn't come up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Did they, they just get to use the tagline for 85% of movies that come out? What do you think you were for Halloween in 2006? That would have been the last year that I was trick-or-treating and i think that year sixth grade really yeah i think for me it was eight. Oh, i was also like way cooler than you <laughs> i don't remember what i went as but it was some kind of like cop-out present or present to everyone else it was a gift that's how i saw it anytime <laughs> i dressed up <laughs> i said i don't have it in me anymore yeah dressing up you? is the worst part of halloween as a child i just wanted to be the most beautiful thing that I could imagine, so it was always, like, a princess or a well, mermaid yeah, or a fairy. So you were kind of old at that point. Were you still pulling that shit? Well, no, maybe by that age, it was, it did start to be a cop-out thing. Like, I have my old standby black cat ear headband <sighs> that I will still pull out if anybody Classic. invites me out on Halloween. I will be putting that on, <laughs> and I will say, I'm my cat. Friend. My cat! <laughs> Have you heard of him? I'm my cat, Franklin. He couldn't be here tonight. The thing they don't tell you about Halloween is, when you get old enough, you can buy the candy at the store. 
See, 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 here's the thing they don't tell you. <laughs> Trick or treating? How about treating yourself? <laughs> you start crying. <laughs> I saw mommy this month. Yes. It's time for Mom and Terry. I forgot about that. So I just asked her, I said, Beth, we watched four episodes of Lost, and I said, tell me who you want to vote off and who your MVP... Why can't we say that? We both always say MVP. I don't. Yes, (laughs) we always edit it out. I asked her who she wants to vote off, and who her MVPs are. For voting off, she chose Jack, Ben, and Juliet. So that's all the episodes so far of this season. She's had enough of those. The MVPs, though, she has this to say. I just, you know, Hurley, I don't know what he did, but I love him. (laughs) Next, I gotta go Sawyer, because I like the way he grabbed her and kissed her. Wow, Beth! (laughs) And then her last choice, she said... Maybe Kate, but I don't really like her. <laughs> Thanks, mommy. Fuck, I wasn't prepared. Sha la 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 la. You know, I unironically listen to that song. Like, it's good. That's one of the songs that plays in my Spotify <laughs> big playlist. <laughs> Oh, I went to Paris. That's what, So if I have a bit of an accent, that's why. Desmond watches Claire in an intimate moment putting her baby to bed on the beach. Moments later, he comes to her tent and tells her that she has a hole in her roof and that she should go to the beach. No, they're not on the beach. I think why you said I... move down the beach. Yeah, so they're so in I the can jungle. fix your roof. They are on the beach. Oh, and he wants her to what? Get in the water? I think he said, like, why don't you go down that way while I fix your roof? It's very sus, which is probably why she was like, no. Yeah, also, she doesn't have a hole in her roof yet. Right. But he's saying you have a hole in your roof. I don't know. Anyway, um, she declines, even though Desmond is really insistent and not suspicious at all. Uh, But then Charlie comes up and says the roof is fine and that if anything needs to be fixed, he'll do it. Proba. Proba. Desmond walks away sadly. Uh, Charlie says we need to give that guy another button to push. Very sad. I really hope that no one ever says that about me. (laughs) In the hydro station, Juliet brings food to Jack's cell. He's pushing her for information about what's going on. She's not telling him. Then he starts doing the same thing that Ben did when he was their prisoner and poking holes in Juliet and Ben's relationship being like, He's in charge. He's bossing you around. He seemed happy to let you die. Which is true. He did slam yeah. that door. He was like, oh, we, we're all going to drown. <laughs> <laughs> nice knowing you, Juliet. <laughs> she was right there. <laughs> Juliet insists that Jack is wrong and that she doesn't take orders from Ben. Moments later, Ben comes in and orders her to come to the submarine. And she does. This jail rules, by the way. He gets to watch cartoon. (laughs) Cartoon. (laughs) 
<laughs> he watches cartoon. <laughs> he talked to pretty lady. <laughs> I love her hair like that. I know. She looked great in this episode. <clears throat> At the bear cages, Kate and Sawyer see the others rush Colleen by on a stretcher. Sawyer recognizes her and seems real happy about this. He says it's their ticket out of there. Which... What forethought? In the flashbacks, Sawyer is in prison. He sees a new inmate, Munson, being beat up. He learns that this man, Munson, is in jail for stealing $10 million from the government and that he still has it somewhere. Later on, Munson is making handbags while Sawyer is picking up trash. Sawyer tells Munson that the only reason that the warden gave him such a plum job and breaks up his fights is because he wants to butter him up and then he's going to use his wife against him and take his money. I don't... He didn't do a good job of explaining how the wife factors into the equation. Like, is he saying that the warden is going to... Yeah, I don't know. Did he mean the wife is going to trick him into saying, or the wife is going to switch sides and try to convince him to turn it over? And who has this happened to at this prison? Sawyer's like, well, here's how it always goes. Yeah. But again, he is conning him, so maybe Sawyer just pulled that out of his ass. Yeah, I guess maybe this guy is just a big chump. When asked why he cares, he says the warden has been making his life's his life's hell... (laughs) Didn't get to watch cartoon. Um, (laughs) he says the warden has been making his life hell since he got there, and that if he got the money, he'd have to kill himself. (laughs) Then, speak of the devil, the warden shows up eating an apple that already looks like it's so rotted. (laughs) Like, while he was eating it, it was brown. So what brings you to the sewing shop, boss? Yeah, it feels like he, he was biting into the brown too. It was it like, like he had an apple like from breakfast, and he left it on his desk all day. And then he was like, "Oh, I need a prop for my confrontation. <laughs> I need to be chewing so it's clear I'm the boss here." Don't think I can't extend your stay for it. All it takes is one call. One call. But he uses it, and he throws it on the ground, and Sawyer picks it up. Present-day Sawyer has hatched a pretty clever escape plan, in my opinion. He's moved the water pipe so that it leads into the trough. Uh, so there's a puddle outside the cell, and it's somehow connected to the electricity. I actually don't really understand how it works, but apparently it's really smart. Um, he tells... Kate to wipe the stars out of your eyes, sweetheart. Mom said Sawyer talks like a 40s movie detective. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Um, How do we feel about this plan? Do we think that it would have worked? So what was he gonna do? Get the keys? He was going to use himself as like a conduit for the electric charge. And I guess because he was expecting it, it wouldn't hurt him as much but like... But once Ben was incapacitated, was he going to get the keys to unlock them and then they were going to run again? Because... I guess so. Because the last time they ran, everyone... There was, like, an alarm and everyone was alerted and then Juliet shot him with a trank dart. It seems like there's so many people around and ready to capture and track down escapees. He did that thing where he tested all the people from the chain gang and he was like... 
Two of those guards got some real fight in them. The rest of them I ain't that much worry about. That heavy set guy. Packs a hell of a punch. Shaggy-haired kid's got some sort of martial arts training, but I think I could take him if I had to. Oh, and FYI, those zapper things got a safety on them. So maybe they were going to run and he was going to beat up the ones oh that... Because he's not intimidated by any of them anymore. Well, okay, but it doesn't work, so I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, at first, it looks promising because Ben is the one approaching the cage, and if I were Sawyer, that's who I would pick. Lunch already? What do you weigh? What? What do you weigh? <sighs> 180, give or take. How old are you? 32. Don't lie. But then Ben steps into the water, Sawyer grabs him and pushes the button, but nothing happens. Ben tells him that they turned the power off, and then he beats Sawyer with a baton until he passes out. This episode is so dark. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many beatings and so many, like, hospital things. It was rough. I was very squeamy. Sawyer wakes up and he's strapped to the table uh, with Ben, Tom, and two others standing over him. Then they tell him to bite down on a stick for the pain. Uh, and one of them produces a huge wet needle, which they intend to stab into his chest. Sawyer starts panicking and screaming, which Jack can then hear over his intercom in his cell. When he wakes up, Tom puts a cage containing a bunny with the number eight, eight, on Sawyer's chest. Then Ben starts shaking the cage and going, Hey, hip-hop, come on, yeah, buddy! And until the bunny gets so stressed out that it peels over and dies. Um, Ben then tells Sawyer that the bunny had a pacemaker implant in him, and so does Sawyer. If his heart rate reaches 140, his heart will explode. Explode. (laughs) So he better not try to escape again. He gives him a watch that will beep if Sawyer's pulse goes over 125 beats per minute. Then he says they'll do the same thing to Kate if Sawyer misbehaves, tells Kate what happened, or tells her that they're being watched. Would you believe this? I don't think he has a choice. Because yeah. you, if you don't believe it and you're wrong, then you're dead. I didn't right. believe it that after we had a while of the beeping, then I, as a viewer, thought, oh, this can't be right because we are not going to have beeping through the next three seri- yeah. seasons of Lost. Yeah. So I figured that they, that's how I figured out that it probably wasn't true. That's fine. But if I were Sawyer, I don't think I would have risked it. Yeah. Uh, the others bring Sawyer back to his barricade and Kate gets some new clothes. Sawyer's avoiding all of Kate's questions, says that nothing happened. They just asked him some stuff. Kate tells him to turn around so he so that she can change. But of course he takes a peek and his pulse monitor starts beeping. <laughs> so cheesy. Which I meant to look this up, but like, do you think that that was too fast for his heart, like, is 125, like, too fast for just being horny? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. So, yeah, it starts beeping. Kate's like, what's going on? What's that beeping? And he's like, nothing. And then he <laughs> pours cold water on himself. 
<laughs> it's like a different show just for a couple minutes. <laughs> Kate points out that the bars are much wider at the top of the cage and that she could climb out, but Sawyer says not to bother. In the flashback, Sawyer sees Munson having a, con- a confrontational visit with his wife. Then Cassidy comes to visit him unexpectedly. So we learn that he's in prison after the long con, which we already saw, and that she had him prosecuted. He's she then been in there nine months. Nine. <laughs> she then produces a picture of a baby girl named Clementine, which she says is Sawyer's. He's like, why are you telling me this? And she's like, I just wanted you to know. And then maybe you could also write her a letter. And he says, what am I going to say? Dear Goo Goo Gaga? <laughs> My man. I had to pause it. <laughs> that- asshole though because she's not supposed to read it as a baby he's like jokes on you babies can't read Cassidy's not the dumb one also Cassidy made sure to wear her sexiest dress to visit prison and I love her for it I would do the same Um, but yeah, Sawyer is not going to write her a letter. At the Hydra station. Jack is listening to gossip over the intercom. They have to know that the intercom plays in his room, do they not? That has to be on purpose. Yeah. I don't know how many people they've had be in there, but this is a big oversight if they're not aware of it. Juliet walks in covered in blood, which he assumes to be Sawyer's, because he just heard him screaming. But she says, no, we need you and your hands. <laughs> There's a lady who's close to death. So what if he married this lady? Too? Oh my god! <laughs> so they put a hood over his head and blare an alarm sound so that they can transport him past the bear cages without him knowing that that's where Kate and Sawyer are. He really does try to save Colleen. But she suffers a cardiac arrest and the defibrillator is broken. So uh, he does, he tries to do that thing that he did to Charlie, but she still dies. Also, oh my god, Juliet was so fucking patronizing to Danny the the grieving husband what did like she say? When, or when like right before the surgery when Jack comes in she was like Danny Danny <laughs> Danny she said his name so many times in the same tone <laughs> and he was just like stressed because his wife was dying Danny. It's exactly like when he, Jack was yanking on the chain and she was like, Jack, stop yanking the chain. <laughs> they have like a whole Dharma operating theater in this compound. What else do they have around here? Yeah, I'd like to know. Also, I thought Ethan was the doctor. Ethan was the baby doctor when Claire was the one I in think question. He was- was he, though, or was he was just he wearing just in a, a coat? Costume. <laughs> it's so scary. I think he might have just he been wearing a He was administering all of this medicine to her, and he was just 
wearing a Dr. Halloween costume. Uh, um, oh, also on his way in, he sees x-rays of spines. After the death of his wife, Danny goes outside and starts beating Sawyer, who isn't fighting back. He keeps yelling at Kate, do you love him? Do you love him? And she's like, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, what was the right answer? I mean, I guess yes was the right answer because he stopped. Um, it just was a really awful way to define the relationship. <laughs> like, I'm going to try that next time. If that doesn't happen to me next time. I'm going to have to have you start beating me to death. <laughs> in Do front you of, love her? In front of the next guy that I go oh out with. Oh my god, that's so insane. Um, she finally cries out, yes, she does love him, at which point he leaves. Later on, Sawyer is back in his cell, wiping the blood off his face. <laughs> Kate's plan of climbing through the top bars works, and then she goes to his cage. She says she's terrified that Sawyer won't talk about what they did to him. She then tries to break his lock so they can escape together. What did they do to you? You go! What is that thing? Run. Just go. It's every man for himself. Why didn't you fight back? Tell me the truth for once in your life. She really loved me. Go. Kate says she only said that to make Danny stop beating him. Mm. And then she gets back into her cage and Sawyer calls out every man for himself, to which she responds, live together, die alone. They just speak in catchphrases. Like these people <laughs> just have inside jokes, but they're not jokes. A legend is born. <laughs> A legend is born. Death, it isn't that easy. Pain is part of the puzzle. <laughs> Kate is straight up in a costume from Hannah Montana. <laughs> Why didn't Kate climb out of the cage earlier? She loves climbing. That I don't believe that she wouldn't have noticed that earlier. Yeah. That it took her since February to figure that out. <laughs> um, of course, Ben and Tom are watching this whole scene unfold in their security room. Tom tells Ben that Danny wants to kill Sawyer, but Ben tells Tom that Danny can wait. Why does Danny want to kill Sawyer so bad? Yeah, I mean, he's just, I guess, looking for someone to take it out on, but they're the only people that he knows had nothing to do with Colleen's death. Yeah. Like, they're the only ones that have a provable alibi that they did not do anything to Colleen. Flashback. After a confrontation with his wife, Munson tells Sawyer the location of the $10 million and says that he needs Sawyer's help moving it. How? Right. Because Sawyer wasn't, um, I was going to say scheduled. I don't know what the, <laughs> what the term is for jail, but he wasn't supposed to get out for six more years. Six. So it's not like he was just going to be like, right, when I get out, I'll move your money. Did he yeah. have, does he have guys that he's going to call? My guys. Oh, maybe that was part of the con is that he's got guys. True. Um, also, Sawyer in prison is very similar to Sawyer on the island. He just reads all day and people ask him for things. <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer trades this information with the FBI in exchange for commutation of the last six, six years of his sentence. And he gets a cash reward. That's a lot of commutation. That's a lot of cartoon. Um, he puts the money in an Albuquerque bank under the name Clementine Phillips. He does care. What if this show is in the same universe as Vince Gilligan's shows that take place in Albuquerque? I hope so. 
the warden says, congratulations, Ford, you just lied and cheated your way out of prison. On the beach, there is a spontaneous rainstorm, and it breaks Claire's roof. Also, Desmond has taken one of Paolo's golf clubs and fashioned it into a lightning rod. Is that art? No, just an experiment. Okay. Which is great because it actually does get hit by lightning. So Desmond was right. So either he can see the future or he's lived this before. There's multiple timelines. Yeah. Yet to be seen by me. Very, very raven of him. Back in the operating room, we discover that Jack has been left handcuffed to the table with Colleen's body still on God, brutal. Dark. Juliet returns to bring Jack back to his cell, and we learn that she's a fertility doctor, which is why she's so bad at surgery. I don't... I don't care about making you feel better. Jack then tells her that the x-rays he saw when he came in are of a man in his 40s with a large tumor on his spine. And he's like, I, I'm i a spinal surgeon, so like, what am I doing here? Who am I here to save? She's still not telling him. Um, later on, Ben wakes up Sawyer and brings him on a hike. He reveals, A, the thing with his heart was all a big goof, the bunny is alive, and yes, he brought it with him. <laughs> He says the only way to gain a con man's respect is by conning him. He also reveals B that they are currently on an island separate from the one that we are familiar with. So escape isn't really an option. Also, he reveals that C, he knows more about mice and men than him. (laughs) Uh, He really big dicks him by reading the book more times. Do you like that book? Yeah. I haven't read it since it was assigned in yeah. eighth grade. Yeah. I think that that's a lot of what Sawyer reads because what what else did he read? Watership Down. Yeah, it's definitely a lot um, of school assignment books. I know. I'm sure there's a page on Lostpedia called books Sawyer is seen reading on the show. Um, I will be absolutely goddamned if there isn't another Jason in this episode. I understand that different people write every episode and they're not looking at some sort of show Bible of every character's name. Is there another, is there a Jason? There's two Jasons on the show already. The first is the bank robbing boyfriend that Kate shoots. In well, the, no, who's the Jason in this episode? In this episode, in the whole Colleen hullabaloo, and I don't remember what part it is, but there's some hectic part where they're all running around and somebody looks at like, an Asian guy and is like, Jason, I need you to do this. Anyway, there were two Bryans and it was unfortunate that they were back to back because it really made it sound like, uh, Shannon's boyfriend was going to be Walt stepped in. Yeah. <laughs> and there have been four Toms hilariously. Now this is a third Jason. And you know what? <laughs> I won't forget it, but I will forgive it. <laughs> The other piece of info we've got is that in the present day, Sawyer is 35. I think if anybody was wondering. I also like that he was gonna lie about his age. (laughs) Like, what? Why? 
I like the way people lie on this show. Like when Jack was like, oh, who me? I'm a repo man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, where did that come from? It's been a long day without you, my friend. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. R.I.P. Colleen. Did you do top song? No! Oh my god, <laughs> I can do it now. Top song. Do you want to guess what it is? Sure, I thought maybe Just Dance. Mm. <laughs> this is classical music. Who is this? It's ludicrous, Moneymaker, but can you believe that that is how that song starts? No, also I'm not familiar with that song. Oh really? I guess I have never really listened to it. I only know of it. When I hear Shake Your Moneymaker, I think, Shake Your Moneymaker. Shake Your Moneymaker. Trivia. Sawyer calls Munson Costanza. He also calls him. Good. He also calls him Murgatroyd, but I can't figure out why. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, no. The only time I ever hear that word is Snagglepuss's catchphrase. I looked it up on YouTube and it made me laugh. <laughs> Watch this. Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> you don't know Snagglepuss? I mean, I know of Snagglepuss, but... He always says that, and he always says, like, exit stage left when he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a little dandy. He's a weird voice. But anyway, I don't know why you would call someone Murgatroyd, because there's no... That's not a comparison to make, because Murgatroyd is just in the expression... It's like calling someone Betsy for Heavens to Betsy. It's like, who is that? <sighs> so that makes me think that that's not the reference he's making, but because then why wouldn't he have just called him Snagglepuss? Nothing yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And Lostpedia claims, Lostpedia was like, yeah, it's a reference to Snagglepuss's catchphrase. And I was like, but why? Yeah. Anyway. Ta-ra-ra-boom-dee-ay, Oh, what a joyful day to frolic and play. Pickett, who is guy with broken nose, Sawyer calls him Chinatown. Oh, Danny. Oh, because of... You were calling him Danny, right? Nose. Yeah. Okay, so Sawyer calls Danny Chinatown because Jack Nicholson's character iconically has a bandaged nose in the 1974 film. I watched a scene and it's horrible. I cannot even describe to you... I like that you. movie. You've seen it? Yeah. Do you remember what they did to his nose? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that scene, but I did not like it at all. In I've never seen the movie. In Stephen King's memoir on writing, A Memoir of the Craft, he describes a caged white rabbit with the number eight painted on it as an example of the power of words to transmit pictures and ideas. It's an example of the connection between reader and writer. I don't know how, and I don't know why, but it's a reference to Stephen King. There were a lot of the numbers in this episode, so Munson's... I almost said Eddie Munson so confidently. 
Munson's $10 million was hidden in a store quick facility off 4441 in unit 2323C. Sawyer's prisoner ID was 840 and Munson's was 248. The rabbit has the number 8 painted on it, obviously. And they take Colleen to area... It looks like OP4. Maybe it was OR4. Either way. That's the operating room. Uh, referring to the pacemaker scene, Michael Emerson commented, Sadistic may be the word, but he doesn't seem to take much relish in it. He's just sort of detached. He looks at it coldly. I sometimes feel like everything to him is sort of is a sort of scientific experiment, and he is interested in a dispassionate way and how the experiment runs its course. I think someday if we ever find out what his parentage is, that his parents were people of science. Yeah, that checks out. Thanks, Michael. Do you know who you want to vote off? No. You have to count. I don't, okay. because I don't have anyone. But you can tell yeah. me who you would want to vote off. I was just going to vote off the boxing guy that Sawyer was fighting with because he lost. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Bye. Do you have an MVP? I do. Three, one, two, two, three. One, Claire. <laughs> Claire? Why I picked Claire? Claire. <laughs> because she doesn't let a man gaslight her. Okay, there's nothing wrong with her roof. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she wasn't going to be rude about it. Right, yeah, Charlie was rude about it. She was going to remain a lady. She was like, thanks anyway. Um, I chose Kate because... She looks great. Topless. She looks really great. Topless. Oh, I, I googled it. I, first, let me tell you what I googled. <laughs> I said average beats per minute heart of horny man. And it checks out. The pulse rate in a person aroused rises from 70 beats per minute to 150. So, like, that makes sense with where do you think you fall? <laughs> Just kidding. We're not going to say how horny we get. How many beats per minute. If you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, so 125 makes sense. Good job, kids. It's in Horowitz. Yeah. I'm sorry for being skeptical. Well, we did it. We sure did. If anybody has any information about cardiac science, fertility doctoring spine surgery mm-hmm. stephen king's memoir email us at you lost me pot at gmail.com follow us on twitter for all the i usually throw up all the stuff that we reference oh, good for on the you. pot if anybody doesn't feel like searching it on the internet and uh follow us on instagram those are both at you lost me pot right yeah, yeah. And stay out. <laughs> get up, get on up, get up, get on up, get up, get on up, get up. Get up.